Overwhelm is real and it's not easy to navigate. We will discuss this and more in this episode. So don't go anywhere. Yes, you are here. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. Hola, ¿qué tal? I hope you are doing well. This is Jen Hemphill, your host. And this week we continue with another interview and we are going to be learning about overwhelm because who has not experienced overwhelm at some point or another? If you have not ever experienced overwhelm, I want to know about it. Today's guest is Christine Arillo. She has an MBA, is a transformational leadership advisor, teacher, speaker, and three-time best-selling author and host of the internationally acclaimed podcast, Feminine Power Time. As the founder of the Feminine Wisdom Way, an online wisdom school for women and Expanding Possibility, a feminine leadership consultancy, she offers teachings, mentoring, retreats, and trainings that have touched thousands of people on six continents. In today's episode, you're going to hear her story about her mother and the invisible superwoman, what that means and what she has learned. You are also going to hear what she has learned in her research about overwhelm and why it matters, why you should pay attention, as well as her best tips on managing overwhelm. And let me tell you, there's some really great tips. Lista, vamos a conocer this reina of her money. Bienvenida, Christine. I'm so thrilled to have you here on the podcast and have a conversation of a topic that's very near and dear to my heart about overwhelm, maybe anxiety, stress. As women, we tend to do a lot of work. So I'm excited to hear your take and talk about your book. Welcome. Thank you, Jen. I'm so happy to be here. And hello to everybody. (laughs) Well, let's Start with going back in time, Christine. Let's go back in time where maybe you're a little girl or a teen. Tell us about your upbringing and maybe some experiences, lessons, a memory that you have around money that impacted you until this day. Well, it's I love that we're starting there because actually in Overwhelmed and Over It, one of the things that I also do is I ask women to take a look back at what they noticed about their mothers and the women that they grew up around and also the people that they looked up to when we were being educated or at school and to look at the way that they either were what I call the invincible superwoman. So they did it all and they did it all and or there were self-sacrificers that gave it all. Or sometimes even there just wasn't anyone there. And 
For me, I had a mother who was the self-sacrificer and the invincible superwoman. So she worked full time. She was a Girl Scout leader. She had a second job always that was her like hobby job. And she cooked all the food and she cleaned the house. I mean, she never, the woman never sat still. So I inherited the never sit still, always be busy gene from her, that imprint. And I, I had a pretty mean inner mean girl doing addict for a long time. And still she can come up with like, if I'm not doing something, I'm not productive. Mm. Not always for me related to money, but money is part of it, right? Because productive right. means that it's actually making money. It's doing something that either is making money or in some way is deemed productive. But my mother was also a self-sacrificer. So she was both. And I had this memory when I was 11 years old, we went school shopping for clothes. And I love to shop you all. I wanted to be a fashion designer when I was a little girl still. <laughs> I mean, then I realized I didn't want to learn how to sew. So that was kind of a problem. But I, I love fashion. And so I had like, we're at the mall and I had all these bags and they were full of, you know, at that time, designer jeans and Nike shoes and this and that. And, and I grew up, I would say like, basically middle class. That's how I grew up it was like very middle class in the South side of Chicago. And I looked over at my mother and I look and she has one little bag. Like it's like the littlest bag ever. And in it, I think we're like a pair of sensible underwear, you know, like nothing that was not even a thing fun, just like underwear or something, not even like fun underwear. And I'm only 11. So I don't have the imprint yet of the self-sacrifice. And I look at her, I go, why don't you have anything? Like, why do I have all these bags and you only have one? You should buy some things for yourself. And she looks at me and she says these exact words. Everything I do is for you. I don't need anything. And while I just looked at her, and I'm only 11, mind you, but I know that this is like, whatever that is, I don't want that imprint. <laughs> you know, because it's like, I don't want that imprint. I'm like, I would rather me have a little less and you have something more than me have to have all these bags. And then you have one little itty bitty thing and then put that self-sacrifice onto me. And so that is one of my early money stories. Because it, it did imprint me, even though I didn't think it did. In my work now, I used to take over responsibility and overgive to the point of depleting and burning myself out. And it put this imprint in that that is about making it hard to receive, which I think is the massive challenge that we have as women. And it shows up in our money. It shows up in our relationships. It shows up in our work. It shows up in all these different places as an inability to receive and or if I'm not living up to those expectations of what I should be able to do and what success looks like, that I'm a failure. Mm. Yes. And I was going to ask that question in terms of, okay, you knew early on, you didn't want to have that imprint that your mom shared with you or that you observed with your mom, but you later noticed in life that you did. So I'm wondering, when was this? When did you realize that you had that imprint? And what did you do to change? Mm -hmm. So the self-sacrificing one versus the strong invincible super which imprints? I got both. I got <laughs> yes, that is true. I think this because self-sacrificing. I think it would be the story of your mom and only buying underwear versus yes. Let's go with that one. Yeah, that one was harder to find, Jen and everyone, because the invincible superwoman was a lot stronger. You could just see it in me. I'm a very high achiever. I was always top of the class. Went for the A's. You know, went to, got to the, went to the best business school. Like so, it was very like 
seeable. And I caught that one very early on in my 30s when I was like, this way of working is banana pants. And I'm going to get sick if I keep pushing myself. So I worked that one pretty hard for about a decade to get really into the roots. But this self-sacrificing one, because I was so adamant of like, that's not mine, mother dear, you take that back. I didn't know it had actually seeped in because it didn't just come from her. It comes from the collective culture. But to right. be a good woman, right, you have to sacrifice yourself. So when I was doing the research for Overwhelmed and Over It, and I basically researched Overwhelmed for about 10 years in this inquiry of like, why is it that as smart as we are as women, we can't seem to get out of this cycle of burnout and giving so much and overworking and overgiving and depletion and all these things. And one of the things that I got to is that we have this imbalance in our giving and receiving equation. So we're like banks that basically are programmed and imprinted to give lots of withdrawals, but take in very few deposits until we have bankrupted ourselves, And then we're like, oh crap, <laughs> you know, I bankrupted myself emotionally, mentally, financially. And so the way it showed up for me, I identified these 13 different ways that we overgive. And how I would overgive actually showed up when I became an entrepreneur. So in 2006, I left my corporate career to become an entrepreneur, a social impact entrepreneur. And I took that self-sacrifice, not receiving what I need imprint, and it became part of the fabric of my business. And I didn't even know it. It showed up like my company would make more money, but I wouldn't receive more. Mm, it would, mm-hmm. it would more would go out to the people who worked with me, the contractors, the women who were, you know, part of the support staff. And so I always had to create more money to pay them and, and never have enough for myself. So I was always having to generate, always having to create. And that's when I realized that I had an overcompensating situation going on and an over responsibility situation going on and also an overextending going on. So I had like three overs working. So the overextending showed up where I would sacrifice myself for my mission. So the overcompensating showed up in how I would like overgive to my employees and then I wouldn't have enough for myself and have to keep going. But the overextending was I was so committed to my vision and my mission of creating a world in which women truly felt empowered and that I did a lot of work with self-love at the time and bringing the feminine in. And I was so committed to that mission that I would overspend my energy, my time, my resources for the mission. That was the self-sacrifice. And I know I can get by, I can get by on this, I can get by on that. But I was like, you know, it's sometimes barely surviving. I was working two jobs to pay for it all and to pay for this mission versus the way I operate now is, okay, universe, you want me to do that? Then you need to fund it because (laughs) I'm not overextending myself again. Good for you. I completely relate to what you're saying because I have been guilty of the exact same thing. Now, you mentioned you've been working at it. So what does it look like in working on it and shifting that? So those that are listening, what are some actionable steps that you have taken to change that? Because it's never quite enough. There's always something to do. And I've always been telling myself that when I look at what I need to work on for the week, I'm like, well, if I can get this next week, it'll be less. Next week comes and it's not less. It's the exact (laughs) same load of work or more. So I'm just curious, what are some steps that you have taken, some actionable steps that those listening can also implement? 
Yeah. First, I just want to say to everybody, if you feel overwhelmed, overstretched, over, 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 it's not your fault. We have been deeply, deeply programmed by the systems that we work and live in, as well as by just growing up through our education and our families and our own like really deep fears of like not having enough, being left out, being left alone, falling behind. And so I'll share one or two things. To me, this is a path. This is a choice that we make as women to actually step up. And that's why I called the book Overwhelmed and Over It. And there's a line over, over it of like, no more, like no more self-sacrificing, no more invincible superwoman, no more plugging all the holes, no more overgiving until the depletion of ourselves. We have to find a new way to work and to live and work-life balance isn't it. And so I want to just preface for everybody, like our generation of women, which means if you're alive on the planet and breathing, you're part of this generation. We're actually the ones who are, we're here to figure this out by the choices that we actually make in our lives. And so the first step of transformation is awareness. It's it's always the first step because you can't change what you cannot see. So you just keep going at the surface, right? Which might like, like, I don't have enough money or I'm not making enough money or whatever the case may be. And it's a pattern. It's going to keep showing up until you get to the root ball. One of the things I did was like break down overwhelm into these 13 different kinds of overgiving so that I could identify. So every year I choose one over that I work the whole year and then it works me. And so it shows up in my life. And like last year was overextending. I actually chose overextending. And I did that during a book year, which is crazy because in the book industry, it's just like any other business. It's like, you got to spend all this money and have these websites and all these PR people. And I'm like, I will not go into debt for this book. Time debt, financial debt, resource debt, staff debt. And it was a pandemic year. So it was even (laughs) more of a challenge. But what that did by choosing that over was that I became aware of when I was about to make a choice that was going to overextend myself. So this is all about choices. I'm not going to promise anyone you're never going to have overwhelm. You will have it. It's a warning signal. It's an alert symbol. It's your body and your heart and your soul saying, hey, stop, slow down. (laughs) And so in that moment, because I was working with that one specific over for that year, I could identify it and see it faster. And then stop myself, pause, reset before I reacted. And instead, I had to slow down and respond. And sometimes I would overextend myself. I very rarely have physical burnout. There's eight different kinds of burnout. Physical burnout is the last place that disease and the burnout shows up. I have passion burnout a lot which is like you love what you do so much and you give and you give and you give and then all you feel like you do is work all the time and then you feel like a human machine versus a human being and then I usually revolt and it usually costs me at least $500. (laughs) That's the pattern, right? So I'm more aware of that. I also will get compassion burnout where I've held space for so many people because I do mentoring and I do group programs and if I don't feel like I'm having space held for me, then I start to get cranky and then I don't make as good of decisions. So that's one practice is that, and it's a bigger practice, but it's really simple. And I do have a, there is a quiz on what kind of overgiving you do on my book page. Mm. So you can, you can actually take the quiz there, but this other simple practice that I do, and this is one I, I created in 2012, everyone that I would say is one of the top three reasons I don't go into physical burnout. And I mean that I probably have not hit physical burnout in over eight years. 
I've gotten really close. I've stepped in the line, but I don't ever go over. And should I, can I share that practice with everybody? Oh, absolutely. Jen? Absolutely. Okay. So will you do it? Can we do it together? It's short. It's like a three minute. Sure. Let's do okay. it. Before we continue, I have a brief message to share. Her Dinero Matters is supported by First Republic Bank. First Republic Bank has made it their mission to understand their clients' needs and provide them an unparalleled level of service. With a relationship-based approach to banking, First Republic provides tailored solutions to individuals and businesses with their financial needs. At any stage of life, whether it's opening a savings account, buying your first home, or starting a family, First Republic's commitment to personal service is designed to change the way you feel about banking. See how putting clients first always comes first at First Republic Bank. Visit firstrepublic.com today to learn more. That's firstrepublic.com Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Okay, so it's called the Life Force Check-In and Receiving Practice. And so the basic concept is you want to be in relationship to your life force. So your life force is like your energy. If you were a car, it would be your gas tank, your fuel. If it was your cell phone, Mm -hmm. it's the battery charge. So you know, like on your cell phone, when it goes down to like the one bar to the 0%, and it's usually when you need it the most, then it takes like forever to like charge (laughs) back up, right? And so we do the same thing where we'll drain our reserves and we'll drain ourselves down till we actually get sick and then we burn out. And then it takes a lot longer to actually fill those reserves. It costs more money. It costs more time. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. It costs all of those things. So by creating a relationship with your life force where you check in on it every day, you know way before you go into the red zone or the even the orange zone, and you can start to make different choices. This also is about giving and receiving. So one of the things that we really suck at as women is receiving. So we need to strengthen our capacity to receive. And so you don't wait till you like really, really, really need to receive. You practice every day. And a lot of times when I ask women, well, what do you need? This ever happened to you, Jen? They kind of look at me like, I don't know. (laughs) I hear you. Right? Because who asks us that question, right? Well, this is why you want to start asking yourself that question every day. So this practice takes you less than three minutes. And the only rule is to do it before you start work. Okay. You ready, Jen? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. You close your eyes and everybody else, everyone close your eyes if it's safe to do so. And what is helpful is if you could put one hand on your heart to connect with yourself emotionally, your emotional tank, and one hand on your belly that connects you to your energetic and your physical energy. And just take a breath or two with yourself, a nice inhale and exhale so that you're really connecting with your body and your heart. And just imagine that your body is like this beautiful chalice that holds your life force in it. So it has like that big cup on the top, and then it has a stem, and then it has a base. When we go below that cup into the stem and the base, we're serving from our reserves. 
So let's just take an energy life force check-in. So imagine you're going to put like a sensor into this chalice, into your body and check in emotionally, energetically, and physically. What is your life force right now on a scale of zero to 100 with 100 being completely full, 75 being three quarters, 50% being half and zero being empty. And just ask your inner wisdom for a number. And then Jen, go ahead and say the first number that comes to you. 50%. Okay, great. Thanks for being honest. I have a 73. Thanks for being honest. You wouldn't believe how many women cheat on this. Like it's a magazine test. I'm like, it's not a magazine test. When I go to corporate and do this, when I do this for women's workshops, I'll get like 95. I'm like, you're not a 95. I've never met anyone who's a 95. You're an overachiever. You better check in again. I never say that, but that's what we do, right? We want to cheat. Don't cheat. It's not a magazine test. Okay. So I'll tell you the scale in a moment, but let's do the second part. And then you ask yourself, what do I need to receive today? What do I need to receive today? And so Jen, just sensing in and everyone just really opening up to let your body tell you, let your inner wisdom tell you. And this is why it's important to do it every day, because the more you ask, the more you'll get really clear, a clear channel. And so Jen, what do you need to receive today? And if you if nothing comes, you can always just ask, what would I love to receive? So what do you need to receive today, Jen? Just grace that I can't do it all. <laughs> mm. Mm. So grace, grace, mm-hmm. that grace. And I already did this this morning, but mine was, I need to receive deep faith mm. today, deep faith. And and everyone just go ahead and you know say yours out loud. And again, if you didn't get it, and you can just make it up for now because it's like your inner wisdom is like your best friend. The more you listen, the more you talk to it, the more it responds. And if you're not listening to your body, which is where your intuition lives. So our intuition as women lives in our hearts and in our bodies, not in our brains. And it's actually your power center and your intelligence center. The brain is helpful for many things, but it's really not the place to make choices from, <laughs> or the choice to actually go to really check in with yourself. So here is how the scale works. If you are 75 and above and you give, but you don't receive on that day, you're not going to bankrupt yourself. You'll probably be okay, but still receive. Like that's why not, right? If you're between a 50 and a 75, you definitely need to give and receive that day, Mm -hmm. or you're going to start to go into that stem and into that 50%. If you're 50% or below, you're moving into your reserves. So you want to change how you operate that day. So that means like you might not do as much. You might, what I call reflow meetings, not cancel them, not reschedule them. It's called the reflow, another practice. You reflow them to another day or reflow to do's to another day. You dress differently. I used to always say, you know, you wear your yoga clothes, but now everyone walks around in their yoga clothes because they're at home, right? But so you dress differently. You ask for more support. And even like we're here on a podcast right now, Jen, and we had the scheduled, you're showing up as a 50. I'm a 73. I have more energy to give than Mm -hmm. you do today. And so you can just show up and just kind of like be chill. You know, you don't have to pour your energy in because I have that energy to do that. And if I show up at a podcast and I'm at a 50, I will show up much different, still Mm. strong. Like I won't give as much because I don't actually have it to give. Right. And so if you're below a 30, physical disease is setting into your body and you really need to clear some space, like three days at least, if you can, or a full day and start to redesign your life because you're operating in a way that's completely unsustainable. The lowest I've been in eight years is a 45. 
and I cleared the entire weekend and spent it reading books and hanging out with Gloria Steinem, not for real, like in person, but <laughs> in her books. And then the next that that Monday, I wasn't an eighty; I was a sixty, but I was better. And then the other part is the receiving part. You then design your day to get that. So, Jen, you allow give yourself the grace to not have to do it all because you're also at a fifty. So mm-hmm. this is the day to reflow things to a, a different day. And this is one of the key concepts and key practices, the reflow. We have in our mind when we think things should get done and when things need to happen by. But oftentimes, it's just made up in our head. This right. is a big, I call it, it's called toxic time pressure. And if you can feel into your body and you feel into your heart of like, where does this actually want to go? Like to reflow it into its harmonious time it actually is like, you know how you like you move a meeting and then the other person's like, oh my God, thank you so much. I needed space today too. But we have all this fear in us like, oh, it's not going to get done or something bad's going to happen or the other person will think I'm a flake. But 95% of the time it works out better. This is the thing that's hard for us as women is we don't trust. We don't have a strong trust muscle either of that deeper intuition. And that is something that we need to strengthen every day. Wow. That hit me, that hit me hard just because one, I resonate with everything that you're saying. And in terms of receiving, I am so guilty of, well, I've gotten better over the years. I'm a military spouse. So that tells you anything. I have to allow myself to receive. And in business, I have to allow myself to receive. Even I can, my VA, my team, but sometimes I'm like, well, I can just do this real quick. You know, so I have to catch myself because It just, I mean, when you say you were talking about allowing yourself to receive and designing your day, I'm like, oh, that's going to go in my planner. How am I going to receive today? So I love that tip. But you said something else that struck a chord. I was talking about the reflow and how you have to trust that it reflows, like the thing to the trust. Yes. So that you trust, you want that you trust the universe is working in our favor to find the right timing for things and to get out of our heads about the right timing. And to move it into the spaces that are actually in right timing, this is, it's called, when you do that, you create what's called fluid efficiency. One of my favorite words of 2021, (laughs) fluid efficiency. So you are much more efficient, but in a very fluid way. It's like sailboating versus speedboating. Yeah. And I wonder if in terms of trust and made me think this is where it hit me. When I think of trust or like where we're not trusting enough, is it for me, I feel like, is it trust or is it guilt? Like that I am imposing on that other person, let's say on a family member, on a team or whoever is in my support system. So I'm wondering, is it a combination or do I really not trust them? Because I feel like I trust them. Or I think for me personally, I battle with that guilt. I'm like, well, they also have a lot to do. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought up guilt, Jen, because you've said the word guilt at least four times in our conversation (laughs) today. (laughs) Can you tell what I struggle with? Is it that obvious? (laughs) I can. It's, it's, It's good. And a lot of women do. And a lot of women do. And that is why we overgive. And so I do have something very specific to say about guilt. Can I share? Absolutely. Uh, sure okay. So guilt and how we have been imprinted to be with it as women is a distorted reaction 
in most cases. So this is my belief system. You can all decide whether you believe you want to take it on or not. This is why guilt is a good thing. If you've killed someone, if you have stolen or you had cheated, feeling guilty is an aligned response, right? You should feel guilty because that's part of what makes you human and not a psychopath. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But what we feel guilty about, when you feel that guilt, I'm guilty for asking for help or guilty for me not doing because then I'm asking someone else. Like have, I always say, have you, have you lied? Have you cheated? Mm-hmm. Have you killed someone or have you stolen something? And usually the answer is no. Then the guilt is actually a distorted response that's coming from a deeper fear or a deeper imprint inside yourself. So the work there, the, the inner work is like, what's underneath that guilt? Whose imprint is that? Is it my imprint? Is it my mother's imprint? Is it a cultural imprint? Because sometimes we have these imprints that actually aren't ours. They're like our mothers gave them to us and their mothers gave them to them. And sometimes they're just cultural, like, I don't believe that. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they actually are ours, that like they're part of our soul's path to actually work through. Because as we work through it and we free ourselves, we understand it more and then we can speak to it more. So what imagine is like you become more and more and more aware, Jen, of like where that guilt comes from, that is going to help you share that with the people that you work with. So powerful. Just like overwhelm is mine. It's like, I'm like, you know, ah, you invincible superwoman. Like the guilt thing is not so much for me. I'm like, I don't really, why are all these people walking, women walking around feeling guilty? I don't feel that way. Like that's not one of my core curriculums, which is all I can say, unless you've done these four things pick a different emotion. <laughs> but for me, it's been overwhelm. And like, why? For me, it's like, I couldn't stop pushing, striving, grinding, working. Like, I'm like, what is under there? And as and I've been on this journey now for over a decade. And I remember I was doing a 40-day receiving practice, which is something I do every year, usually in the spring, to like, get under there, like what's under there driving me to work in ways that are making me work too hard and give too much. Because I want to create sustainable success. That's my goal. Do less, receive more, achieve a greater impact. That's my desire and to savor my life and to reach my mission and live my mission. And so I was doing this 40-day practice. I was on day 36. And every morning I would do the receiving practice. And I also do yoga. So I was doing a morning yoga practice as well. And I remember I was doing my meditation, day 36, and this awareness just dropped in. And it was this imprint. If I'm not driving and striving, I'm not surviving. Mm. And mm. I was like, where did that come from? And I was like, wow, no wonder I can't stop. No wonder no matter how much I achieve, it doesn't, it's never like enough. Like I'm always feeling like I have to do more or achieve more. And I know why I have that imprint. I grew up in the South side of Chicago and most of my friends either got pregnant or went to jail or ended up on drugs. I was one of the few that kind of made it out of that world. And so that part of me was like, don't get stuck here. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I did drive and strive and then, but I got to that a place in my life where I didn't need to operate that way anymore, but my inner, my mind, my body, my psyche, it didn't know that. So once I found that imprint, I could then start to work with it. And that totally showed up in my money because it didn't matter how hard I worked. You know, it was like I wasn't getting the financial exchange was not in harmony with how much and how hard I was working. Wow. This is powerful. I feel like those listening probably want to re-listen to this again because there's so much to take in. 
And I think this is one of those episodes, one of those conversations that you need to re-listen, especially if you're not able to take notes. Now, I'm curious, Christine, because we've got to wrap it up. Unfortunately, there's so much to this. I mean, this could be days and days of conversation just because of how deep this goes. But I'm curious to be for that person listening right now, what is your best piece of advice if they are definitely feeling over it? And they know they're overwhelmed. They know they're overextended. And I know you've gave a lot of golden nuggets, but what would be that one piece of advice that you want them to walk away with right now? For me, I'd say get the book, but for you, what would it be? (laughs) One of the questions I'm inviting everybody I speak with, and I ask myself this question whenever I find myself in overwhelm or where something isn't working, it's just not in harmony. And this is my question for you all. What is no longer sustainable? What is no longer sustainable for you? And to ask it in three different areas. What is no longer sustainable in how I've designed my life? What is no longer sustainable in how I'm working? And what is no longer sustainable in my relationships? And if you can be honest with yourself, so the first step in transformation is self-awareness. And I always say the first step of self-empowerment is self-honesty. And if you can be really honest with yourself about it, again, you don't need to feel guilty because if you didn't steal, cheat, lie, or kill somebody, (laughs) there's no guilt in there. And if you're like, you know, this is an imbalance with me and my spouse, you know, and there's an imbalance. I'm overgiving and I'm not receiving what I need or, you know, and it's like, you can be honest about that. And I actually do this practice every spring equinox and every fall equinox, I give myself what's called a harmony adjustment, my life. And I look at these things every spring so I don't end up in the overwhelmed and over it place. But ask yourself those questions, journal on it, consider it, and then take one small act in each of those areas to make a shift. I really believe in simple and significant shifts. People get overwhelmed by like, oh my God, my life, how am I ever going to change it? Like, (laughs) if you go there, you've already lost. Mm, And so mm -hmm. if you can find one simple yet significant shift, that starts the momentum. It's just like when you like change a diet plan or you do a new money habit, like you just start small and then it gets momentum. And then that's how it changes over time. And then start to notice when you overgive. You'll feel it in your body. You'll feel it in your emotions and stop and be like, oh, that Jen and Christine, they were talking about that overgiving. I think I might be overgiving. (laughs) And then stop and see how you're overgiving. And then ask the question, if I was to actually respond from giving in harmony, what would that look like? What would enough look like? And Mm. only do or give enough that day in that interaction and in that situation and watch your own resistance watch the resistance of others, but keep going anyway. (laughs) This has been such a powerful conversation, Christine. I am so glad that you are here with us. I am so glad that we had this really important conversation because it is so intertwined with our money. And thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing, for writing the book and for us to learn from you. I appreciate it. Hmm. Thanks for having me here and just many blessings to everyone. We're in this together. I really believe that if we make these small but significant changes together, we will create a different world for ourselves and all the children to come. I can't agree more. I certainly learned a ton from this conversation with Christine. Didn't you? You can connect with her and learn more about her and her work over at 
overwhelmedandoverit.com. And don't worry, like always, we will link this up in the show notes. Now, if you are struggling with overwhelm, besides learning more from Christine and her book, I invite you to check out our monthly membership over at jenhemphill.com forward slash membership, where you can be surrounded by like-minded mujeres who can support you and cheer you on as you are getting yourself out of the overwhelm hump. It is not fun doing it alone. Plus, we have monthly calls and more. That's jenhemphill.com forward slash membership. Next week, we get to meet Fiona, also known as the Millennial Money Woman, where we have such an interesting conversation on long-term scare, which is a scary topic for many. That is it. Eso es todo. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. You can check out the show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 270. Remember that being the reina of your money starts now just claiming it. It's as simple as that. I believe in you and so should you. If you love this podcast, love this episode, I would love it if you share it with someone you care about. You never know what exactly that person's going through and that simple act of sharing can change the direction of their financial life for the better. Bueno pues, that is everything. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.